Uh, we're still on the series of kingdom economics, and actually this will be the last message on uh, kingdom economics. How many of you feel like you know more about giving now? Amen. Amen. The father don't want your money. He's trying to bless you. Okay, a part of wanting the father is wanting to do his will. I need a big amen for that one. Okay, part of wanting the father is wanting to be obedient. Is wanting to do his will. You can't say you want him, but then you don't want to do what he say. It's a contradiction to your soul. Amen. And so we're talking about kingdom economics. Now, when we're dealing with kingdom economics, we're not just talking about money. We're not just talking about giving. Okay, we're talking about giving through tithes, giving through offering. But we're also talking about character. Character. Okay, we're also talking about servitude. Because how many of y'all know it ain't in the Bible, but we have heard it plenty of times. God don't bless no mess. All right. He don't bless no mess. All right. He's not going to pour into you and he know you're not going to represent him with it. He's not going to open the door and you're not going to act like him. And so. um, Today's teaching. Is the rules of giving. The rules of giving. The rules of giving. So today we're going to talk about those things that could hinder you, that could hinder your seed that you put in the ground. You gave. Now we want to make sure that the seed stays in the ground, that is water. It has the appropriate amount of light that it grows into something that you could have a harvest. And so it's rules to it. Amen. Now, let me share this with you also. Mm. Who in here know the four pillars of our teaching? Uh, okay, I ain't going to get y'all. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. All right. The four teaching pillars of Divine Generation Church. If you're a leader, you should know. If you're a leader, you should know. Well, if you go here, peers, you should know. Okay, we didn't say it so much. Okay, but you should know the four teaching pillars of Divine Generation Church. You should know what practice and righteousness is. Okay, it's just certain things you should know. Why? Because you've been practicing it. Okay, so our, our four teaching pillars are kingdom. Say, I'm no, 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 I'm sorry. Relationship, Relationship. Kingdom, kingdom, church, church. And, ministry. and ministry. Okay, now I'm going to give you the why behind that. All right. The why is because until you have the relationship, you cannot get the kingdom. Typically, when you come into churches, they teach the kingdom first. But you can't access the kingdom without the relationship because the kingdom was given to the children. The kingdom was prepared for the children. The Bible says that it pleases your father to give you the kingdom that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Now, that's the blessing right there, that he prepared it for you before the foundation of the world. You can't get it wrong. This was something that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. God can't lie. He prepared it before. So the relationship gets us the kingdom. Once we are in the kingdom, we learn about his household. We learn about his ways. We learn about the things that develop us and bring us into who he is. The whole goal, according to Jesus was to make us one with the Father. He said, just as I am one with you, I want them to be one with me. So we all can be one. So we need to understand the Father's household. All right? This is the reason why. Because we can be saved. I'm about to get you. Sanctified. Okay? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And still making moves against his household. And this is the reason why you're not being blessed. This is why we have to do the rules of giving. I don't want to just tell you to give. Because you'll be looking, thinking the Bible lying because you gave and you don't see nothing in return. So we have to know the relationship because the relationship brings us into the what? 
into the kingdom. In the kingdom, we are developed to become the church. We're not the church just because we're saved and come to church. We're the church when we impact. Say that word. When we impact. So the church is extracted from the kingdom. Those who are in the kingdom being developed and come out to represent the father, that's what the church is. So the relationship brings us into the kingdom. All right. The kingdom develops us so we can be the church. So you can, so you can actually impact so people can see God in you. The Bible, how many of y'all know the Bible says that we are light? That's the church. So people should see light outside these four walls. This ain't, we don't want, look, this ain't a light party. We have to take the light to the darkness. The Bible says that we are salt. Until you become salt, you're not representing the church. You're not representing the kingdom. The Bible says that we are ambassadors. So that means we don't have an opinion about nothing. Ambassadors don't have anything to say other than what the father told them. Other than what the government said. But you have to be developed into that. So the relationship lets you know who you are. Then we come into the kingdom. Okay, while we're in the kingdom, we're developed to become the church. All right. And the last part of it is ministry, because ministry is simply us giving you the relationship. Okay, (laughs) bringing you into the kingdom so you can become the church. But you have to learn the functions of ministry because ministry is all about community and government. Amen. So right now, what we're doing in Divine Generation Church is we're moving from relationship. How many of y'all know y'all sons of God, sons and daughters? Okay, you should know. You should know this. It should be no doubt in your mind that God is your father. You belong to him. So now we're moving into the kingdom so you can learn about his household, how he does things. The first message we taught is kingdom economics because you need to know what giving looks like so you can get your harvest. So we're going to talk about the rules of giving on today. Now, these are the six things that I'm going to talk about, all right, for my note takers. Did you put it up? Okay. The first one we're going to talk about is releasing the seed. Now, I'm going to tell y'all so y'all can write it down because uh, I didn't put it on a slide. <clears throat> the first thing you have to do is release the seed. The next thing you do is check your heart. After you release the seed, check your heart. The third one is avoid hypocrisy. Avoid hypocrisy. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you the information. The fourth one is watch your motives. How many of y'all know that the Bible says that, that we are naked before him? He knows your thoughts. <laughs> he knows your heart. He knows you can't hide it from him. Now, you can lie to everybody else, but you can't lie to him. And the worst thing you can do, I'm helping you right now because I don't want you to be schizophrenic. The worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. That's the worst issue we have in not just the church, okay, in the world, but but we have it in the church too is we lie to ourselves. We know we don't study and we try to talk about the, uh, whatever, let's keep it going, okay. Let's keep it going. Number five, give out of reverence, not fear. Give out of reverence, not fear. Give because you revere your father. Do not give out of fear. Fear is a negative form of faith and it's just like not doing anything. And the last one is give out of wisdom. Get about a wisdom. You should understand why you do everything. I keep telling y'all that the kingdom is made up of systems. If you know the system, you can now have faith in a thing. Until you know the system, you can't say you have faith. Until you know how the father does it, until you know how it works, there is no belief system behind it. 
And a lot of times we have our own belief system and we co-sign the father. God said, stop lying. (laughs) God didn't say that. So the first one we're going to talk about is what? What's the first one? Releasing the seed. Releasing the seed. Now, first scripture, John chapter 12, verse 24. This is Jesus talking. Now, when it comes to releasing the seed, you must understand that German, the, the process of germination comes from dormancy. All right. What I mean by dormancy, I mean is, is idleness. Uh, you have seed just sitting in a bag. If we never plant the seed, it never grows. You can have an abundance of seed. How many of y'all know you can have a truckload of seed until you plant it? it? Nothing can happen. The kingdom can do nothing for it. In the same way, you can have a lot of money, but until you plant it, you can't expect a harvest. Jesus said, Truly, I tell you. Now, anytime you hear Jesus say, truly, truly, verily, verily, he's letting you know that this is how the kingdom works and ain't going to change. This is how my father does a thing and that's not going to (laughs) change. So he says, truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Now, when he said this, he was talking about his body. Okay. And after this, after this scripture, he said, he said, uh, if you lose your life, you gain it. So this, like I told you last week, when it comes to sowing, that does not just apply with money. You are a seed. I mean, you know, the seed of Christ lives in you. And until you die to his will, it can't, it can't flourish. He was letting them know, I got to go into the ground or what happens? Nothing if I don't die. In the same way, uh, you have to release a seed, but the, the seed has to remain in the ground. Now, the things that pull the seed out the ground is your heart. When you give to somebody and then you want to tell everybody, <laughs> then you give to people and then you want to brag about it. You give to people and then you regret it. So you just put a seed in the ground, but it will get no moisture. And so so Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. First Corinthians says, Paul said, you fool. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Unless it dies. So you have to give a seed. You have to place a seed and trust heaven. I told you last week, we are the branch and he expects us to bear fruit. Because he expects us to bear fruit as the branches, he connected us to a vine. The vine is connected to the root, which is our father. The root is in heaven. So that's the soil. This is why he tells you everything you do have your mind set on heaven. He said the mind that is set on earth, which means if your plans are to do it like the earth does it, he said it brings death. He says, but the mind that is set on heaven brings forth life and peace. So no matter what part of your life, now we're just talking about giving today. If you don't like where your finances are, it's because you have not been doing the heaven's way. You have not been doing it his way. And I can't lie to you. I can't stand up here and lie to you and tell you you can do it another way and it'll work. (laughs) I can't lie to you. If you do not do it his way, because what? Children do not make up the rules. At least not in his household. I don't know about your household. <laughs> but in his household, children do not make up the rules. You have to do it just how he said it. And so Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, you fool, that which you sows does not come to life unless it dies. 
Germination is the process that we have to go through even with our finances. That seed has to stay in the ground. That seed has to be watered so that it can grow. So the first thing you have to do, the first rule to giving is what? Release the seed. Take it out your pocket. Give. Because the Bible says this, give and it shall be. Can't do nothing with, (laughs) okay? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall other men, other people. He said, you give it to me, you release the seed, I'm going to make other people bless you. And it's good when it's your enemies. Okay, we don't want to talk about that right now. Okay, it's, it's good when it's your enemies. I mean, one time I was in the military, and a guy was an atheist, and he just he came up to me and said, "I just felt the need to come give you give you this." He gave me some coupons. Now look, I ain't look. Come on now, he gave me some coupons for some free sandwiches. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> won't God do it?" <laughs> it was funny because the same guy when I was in the military, we were doing a twelve mile ruck march, and. Uh, um, I was on my way up and I was on my way back. I went up and I was on my way back because it was six miles up, six miles back. So I was on my way back and he was still going forward. And he said, uh, hey, Rev, because you know everybody Rev when you don't believe in <laughs> He said, hey, Rev, pray for my feet. I said, why? You don't believe in God. <laughs> okay, our next one is check your heart, Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, Now I say, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So he's not just telling you to sow. He's saying when you sow, make sure you give an adequate amount based on the harvest you're looking for. He said don't just sow but so bountifully, generously. Why? So you can get a generous harvest. You plant one seed. Okay, watch this. An apple tree, I mean an apple, has five to eight seeds in it. One seed makes a tree. Out of one tree, you get two to three hundred apples. One seed. Now, in one apple, there's five to eight seeds. So from one apple... You can get 2,400 apples. The key to it is, once you're done with the fruit, don't throw away the seeds. How many of y'all know we eat fruit all the time, and we have all... We don't have to go back and get no more. The seed is right there. But we don't do that. We eat an apple, and we take the apple, we throw the seeds in the garbage, and then we go buy more apples. Don't you know you can plant? The seed is right there. So now, I do want to say this, is that when it comes to uh, uh, sowing sparingly and sowing bountifully, this can be a hard issue. A lot of times, it's an orphan issue because you don't want to let go money because you don't think you're going to have no more. So it's hard for you to sow bountifully because you're scared to release the seed because you have no faith that it's going to come back to you. Or you're ignorant. You don't even know how the system works. Or you're immature and you know how the system works. You just keep working against yourself. So the scriptures tells us to sow bountifully. So bountifully. Here we go. Verse 7 says, each one must do just as he has purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. My wife says this all the time. Dr. Hardy says this all the time. Do not give grudgingly. Do not give because I preached a message and now you feel led. No, give. The Bible says he loves a what type of giver? A cheerful giver, giving out your heart because you want to. And so the reason why this is important, I need you to hear me, because angels are watching to see everything you do. The Father is watching. He sees everything you do. Jesus was, 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 was called his disciples over 
because he's, when it was offering time, he seen a widow, okay, giving. And he called his disciples over. The widow put two coins in there. And he called the disciples over and he said, according to, he said, the widow has given more than everybody in here. Now, the thing about it is, it was rich people in there. It was people who had much money. And they were all putting a lot of money in the basket. But the thing about it is, he said that they were giving out their surplus. They had it to give. She did not have it to give. And she didn't have have it to give. She could have took that and used it to do what she needed to do. But instead, she said, you know what? I'm going to take this little two coins, and I'm going to put it in the offering, and I'm going to trust heaven. To some people, that seems stupid. They used to tell us back in the old days that if you ain't got it, you might as well give it to God. (laughs) You ain't got it, you might as well give it to him. Giving promotes your wealth. Giving promotes your harvest. You don't give to God and then now he's blessed. And he don't need your money to finance his work. Everything he's asking you to do is for your harvest. And so you have to watch your heart because you'll give, 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 but your heart towards giving is stopping the harvest. It's killing the seed. That's why in verse 8 said, and God is able to make all grace abound. Now, how is he going to make all grace abound to you? Because you gave as a cheerful giver. Because you did it as a cheerful giver. Which means if you do it grudgingly, he can't make grace abound. If you do it reluctantly, he can't make grace abound. Everything in the kingdom works based on your faith. Your faith works based on your heart. Y'all with me? (laughs) Yeah. And it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And that's where we want to be. We want to be in a place where, where we always have to do what we need to do. This is where we want to be. So what you need to do is, before you give, pray. Ask the Father, how much do you want me to give? Because you can't tell me that he's giving you money and he doesn't want you to give when he knows his system. The law of harvest is whatever you sow, you're going to reap. He knew that. That's why he gave his son. You know he could have gave the angels. If he would have gave the angels, he would have just had a bunch of a, a, a bunch of holy people. He gave his son because he wanted children. He knew the law of harvest even from heaven. I have to give what I want in return. And so all of these things the father's asking us to do is so that we can get results. If you are tired of not having results, the only issue is, is that you're not adhering to his system. Okay, we've been doing this for years, and I'm not, and I can honestly say this, our finances have increased every year and have been consistent. I ain't talking about fluctuating. Every year that we have been given, our finances increase, increase. To the point when we first got here in in 2010, what we made, we made like, what, like $2,000 a month? It wasn't enough to do nothing with. Okay, but the thing about it is we stayed faithful. We had a car payment. Okay, not only did we have a car payment, we had rent. We had insurance. Because you know you get a car payment, you got full, you got to get the full coverage. Okay, we're making $2,000. We got to pay rent. We got to pay the car note. We got to pay insurance. You got to feed the kids. Okay, you, your household still need toiletries. You need all these other things, and we still pay tithes and offer. And now, we way, we way, way, way past that. Way past that monthly. Without the church. Got to say that. Thank you for them claps. Okay, without the church. Without the church, we've exceeded 10 times that. 
I'm not telling you something. <laughs> and watch this. Now, this is this the part that's going to make you throw something at me. While we were making $2,000 a month, we had eight people living with us, and none of them was paying rent. None of them was giving us money for food. No, I take that we had five people living with us, plus mine. <laughs> so it was my five plus five more. Nobody paying rent, nobody buying food. Watch this. No complaints. You don't know how the father wants to use you. You don't know how he wants to use you, but understand this. Anytime he tells you to trust him, there's a blessing on the other end. Anytime he puts you in a situation and you feel like this is too much, no, it's not. It's just enough. Because if you can't handle this level, the next level, what you going to do with that? We want to wait till he give us a million dollars before we help people. No, I told you, if you want your inheritance released, become like him in that area. You want your riches released to you? Become generous. He's our what? Father. How many children of God I got in here? Okay, I hate to tell you, children of God, your father's not going to release your inheritance until you become generous like him. He's not going to release wisdom until, watch this, you find somebody to pour into. What you need wisdom for yourself? No, you need wisdom to help others. You need wisdom to pour into people. He's not going to bless you till you learn how to bless others. He's not going to bless your indifferent self. You don't want to do nothing for nobody. Somebody got to do something for you in order for you to do for them. The next one is what? What's the next one? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Now, hypocrite used in the Bible is, is based on a theater. Okay? It's based on what we would call acting. And what they would do was put on a mask and act a certain way. And then when they take off that mask, it, we see who it really was. And so when it comes to hypocrisy, he's telling you, don't act this way and then wear a mask. Watch this. Y'all subtle today. I like this. Y'all ready to learn or something? Y'all ready to eat? All right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness. So you have to practice righteousness, right? Jesus said, practice righteousness. Be careful not to practice righteousness, your, your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Don't hold a stack of money up on your way to the offering. <laughs> Don't do it to be seen. He says, otherwise you have no reward with your father in heaven. Which means what? That when you give it, when you practice righteousness to yourself, you get a reward. Which means when it comes to giving, there's a what? A reward. Verse 2 says, so whenever you give, I got to say that again. So whenever you give, which means there will be occasions to give. He's going to put situations and circumstances in your path to see if you are generous. So whenever you give. To the poor, don't sound the trumpet before you. Don't announce it. As the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets. So he said they're doing it in the church and they're doing it in the streets. And how this would look was, it is now he said this about praying, he said this about giving, and he said this about fasting. So what they would do is, when it got time to give, everybody, they would hold their money up and show what they was giving. When it come time to pray, they would stand on the street corners. Father, in the name of Jesus. Why? They just wanted everybody to know that they could pray. They just wanted everybody to know that they had a prayer life. 
And he said, you can do that. But the thing about it is it's in vain. So you're just talking to the sky and there's no reward for that. Now, look at what he said about giving. He says, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. So when you give, if you do it so everybody can know, if you give $10,000 somewhere, praise the Lord. Okay, if you give $10,000 and you go tell everybody, that's your reward. If you give one dollar and you go tell everybody, which don't nobody do that. <laughs> nobody gives a dollar and say and tell everybody. So it shows you why you're doing it. You're doing it because you want everybody to know I gave such and such such amount of money. He says if you do that, the moment that the moment that they leave your lips and the people know that's your reward. So it does you no good. If you tell somebody I gave a thousand dollars, if they're not gonna give you a hundred thousand back, because <laughs> you just missed your blessing. Verse three says, "But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing." That's secretive, right? He says, "So that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you." So that your giving will be in secret, incognito. Nobody needs to know what you gave. And he said, and it says that your father who sees in secret, which means that he sees your heart. He sees your motives. He sees why you're doing a thing. And he's going to reward you according to what? Your heart. Don't do it to impress Because the, because the impression you leave on people is going to affect your bank account. James chapter 4. What's the next one? Watch your motives. James chapter 4, verse 1. 1 through 4 for my note takers. No, 1 through 5 for my note takers. It says, what is the source of wars and fights? Among you. Now he's talking to the Christians, in particular, this is James, so he's talking to the Jews. He said, What is the source of wars and fights amongst you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You carnal? I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> Verse 2 it says, You desire and do not have. How many people have been in that situation? Desire, but you don't have. He says, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. So you talk about everybody, what they got, what they doing. You covet what everybody got. And you, and because you do that, you can't obtain anything. Now, what, is, what are we talking about today? The rules of giving. I'm telling you why giving is not working for you. Besides the fact you don't give. Okay. It says, you fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. So he's saying, look, you ain't got to wage wars. You ain't got to fight. You ain't got to covet. You ain't got to complain. You ain't got to murder nobody. You have to do none of that. All you have to do is what? Ask. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock. And the door will be open. We have a father that wants us to have provisions. The kingdom, he created the kingdom for us. He created blessings for us. Riches for us. The Bible said that Jesus being rich. Y'all going to work with me today. Jesus being rich became poor. That through his poverty, you might become what? rich so he wanted you to come be he wanted you to be rich just by the basis of him sending his son so we know he wants us to be rich now i'm gonna tell you a little secret 
If you are giving and you're doing it right, you have permission to ask for what you want. Any amount of money. If you are doing this thing right, you have the right to come to him and ask for more. God does not bless people who need money. Q. He don't bless those who need money. He blessed those who have faith. Which means he only blessed those who work his system and trust in him. So he's not going to meet your need because there's a need to need to be met. You can sit at home, broke, busted, and disgusted, have nothing. Until you open your mouth and do it his way, he will send nothing. Because the blessings does not come because of what you need. It comes because of you are an obedient child. Now, the way to do that is get all the scriptures that deal with riches, that deal with money, that deal with the things he promised to us. Write it all down on the paper and confess them. And we ain't got to that part yet. Can't teach you everything at one time. You can get all the scriptures that's dealing with money and you can stand before a mirror. You can walk around in your room and and, uh, uh, you can recite those scriptures. And the more those scriptures come into your system and you believe them, money just comes to you. I've done it. Five days, five hours a day, reciting scriptures and praying in tongues. And, oh, I don't know if I want to tell that. All right. And and I was waiting on some money. I wanted some money. And it was from the government. Okay. And the government writes me a letter. No, seriously, because this was this was actually dealing with my VA. They writes me, they write me a letter and tell me, Kirby, your back is doing better, but we're gonna give you a hundred percent. They write me a letter saying, your back is better, but we're still going to give you 100%. How did that happen? Prayer time. Okay? Praying in tongues, praying mysteries for it, getting the right scriptures, confessing it to him, telling him what he promised me. That's a whole nother conversation. We're not talking about that right now because that's, that's a whole nother conversation of, of accessing your faith. And we'll get into that when we talk about violent faith. But he says you do not have because you do not ask. Now, verse 3 is where I want to hit you at. Read that for me. Mm. Mm. I'm going to read it again, even though y'all got good reading skills. I want that to resonate with you. He said, you ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. You ask just thinking about you and your four. The number one principle in the kingdom is seek ye first the kingdom of God. The blessings come when you ask the father for, he know you need money. He knows what you need. Jesus said that. He said, before you pray, the father know what you need already. He's a father. Don't you as a a parent know what your kids need? You already know what they need. You want them to come to you and ask you for a thing. But when when your kids ask you for something, you're checking what? The motive. Why you want that? Are you mature enough to that? Because I want you to come to the father and you want a million dollars. Why you want a million dollars? What you going to do with a million dollars? I'm going to buy every Jordan, every, no, no, no. I'm a stunt on everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> and now part of asking with the wrong motive is you asking according to the wrong appetite. And when you ask him, he's looking at your appetite. If you have a lustful appetite, he's not going to pour money into you because it's just going to intensify your appetite. It's going to make it worse. And so he says, you ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on what? Your pleasures. 
when you ask the father for money, he wants you to ask him for money with others in mind. I told you last week or the week before last that a part of my prayers now when it comes to my finances is, Father, I want to be able to take care of my parents. Okay? I want to be able to take care of my parents. And what does that do? That adds more money to... I want to be able to send my kids here, there, and do whatever I need to do for my kids. Don't just ask for your pleasures. I just want because I want a car. I want a house. I want to do this. I want to do that. What do you want to do for others? That's what generosity starts at. Generosity does not start at you giving, for, giving to yourself. <laughs> so you ask, but you don't receive because we have the wrong motives. And then he says, verse 4, he says, you adulterous people. Now, adulterous just simply means you're being unfaithful. He says, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be friends with the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, why is he letting us know that? Because you're asking him to do stuff, but you're still entangled with the world. You're asking him to do something for you, but you're still friends with the world. You still want that system. You still want to think like them. You still want to walk like them, talk like them, act like them, but you're asking for my blessings. I can't do it. Y'all don't like that? I felt a shift in the spirit. (laughs) I felt a shift in the spirit on that one. Because the end game of that is the world is controlling your motives. Okay, the world should not have your appetite. Verse 5 says, or do, or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely. So we have a father that is very jealous. He's jealous. He don't want you to give nobody else his time. Your father is jealous. He don't want you to give praise to nobody else. He don't want you to, look, he wants you all to himself. He predestined you. He made you. He said the spirit that is inside of you is envious. Okay, what's our next one? Get out, give out of reverence and not fear. Now, reverence and respect with confidence in the Father's ways is a sign of maturity. All right? This is a sign of maturity. Um, we know by Scripture that he has not given us the spirit of fear. So if fear is coming on us, we know it's not him. Anytime you feel fear with giving, that means hurry up and get rid of it. It means hurry up and get rid of it because Satan, anytime, look, anytime you hear something in your head contradicting what the father told you to do, that means hurry up and move forward with it. Anytime you hear a voice in your head that is telling you don't, to, 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 uh, uh, don't worship, don't lift your hands, don't come to church, don't pray, don't, we know who that is. Anytime you hear somebody telling you that you can't succeed, you're going to fail. We know who this is. Okay, we have to get to the point where we stop following the wrong voice. And we've talked about that strange worship. Strange worship. You hear a voice telling you that what you're doing, look, I hear it all the time. This church ain't going to succeed. And you know something what the father always does? Every time Satan endues me, I mean, when I tell you, he, he, he doesn't let up. He don't let up. Sometimes two weeks straight, this is not going to succeed. This is not going to succeed. But watch this. Every single time that this happens, one of y'all call me and remind me of what the ministry is doing for you. Somebody always calls me. Okay, when we got ready to start this church, I was like, you want me to start a church? What, I mean, what, what, who going to follow me? What, you want me to start a church? 
Because the thing about starting a ministry is this, Will. It never ends. <laughs> this is never ending. Me and Dr. Hardy, this ain't like, okay, five, we're going to do this for five years. This ain't like signing up for college. Okay? This ain't like going to boot camp. When I was in boot camp, it was 17 weeks. You know what kept me in it? It's going to be over one day. But with this thing, this is for life. <laughs> this is for life. People going to come. People going to go. People not going to like you. People going to talk against you. People going to be with you. And the same, at the whole time, you got to stay going. You got to keep the same attitude of what he said. It's the same thing with your destiny. It's the same thing with your destiny. That's why I told you, if y'all want to know why preachers are more blessed, because you know the world got, always got something to say, I can't wait, boy, put me on. Look, I never get those conversations that y'all get. How the preachers be taking all the members' money. How in the world is 10% all their money? <laughs> the problem ain't the 10% they're giving, they just don't know how to manage the 90 That's the problem. It ain't the 10 that they're giving. But the thing I tell you, the reason why preachers are more blessed than the congregation is because we have to pray. This don't work without prayer. We have to fast. This don't work without fasting. We have to study the word because we have to teach and preach. We have to be givers in order to get our own. We have to come to church. (laughs) We have to do it. We have to do stuff that y'all don't have to do, and you can take days off. But if you would, watch this, I'm going to give you a nugget. If you would treat your calling like it is a ministry. If you, and and last, was it last February the women talked? Was that last February? Last February the women talked. One of the reasons why I love giving people ministry opportunities is is so you can see how your mind never shuts off when you have to do God's work. It never shuts off. Only time it shuts off is when you're not doing his work. It's easy to not pray, not fast, not read the work when you ain't in your assignment. But if you are in your assignment, there's no way you're missing prayer time. There's no way you're not going to fast because you want to be what? Equipped. You want to be equipped. Job. Chapter 15, verse 4. It says, indeed, you do away with reverence and hinder meditations before God. When you lose reverence for the Father, now you know the Bible already tells us that we have not been given the spirit of fear to come into bondage again. But we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. So as children of God, we're not supposed to fear our Father, but we are supposed to revere our Father. It is a reason why, watch this, kids don't cuss in front of their parents. It's a, rever- it's a reverence. There's certain things they don't do in front of them parents that they do behind closed doors. Why? It's a reverence there. It ain't a fear of just a whooping. It's a respect. Even as an adult. I don't care how old you are. You should never cuss in front of your parents. You should never be disrespectful to your parents. No matter how old you are. It should always be a reverence. It should always be a reverence. And where there is no reverence for the father. and you, Now watch this. I hate to mess y'all, y'all whole theology up, but the father sees everything. So you know how you don't want to do stuff in front of the pastor? <laughs> uh, let me help you. You wasting your time not doing it in front of us. You might as well just go ahead and do it. If he, he sees it. Because what happens is you have more reverence for me and the leadership than you do for him. Your thought process should be, I'm not doing nothing in his sight. I'm a faithful husband. Not because of my wife. 
She ain't got nothing to do with this. She got nothing to do with the reason why I'm faithful to her. I love her, though. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she might have a little to do with it. You know what I'm saying? That skin tone, I'm going to stop. Okay. Uh, why are you looking at me like that, Alana? <laughs> but my faithfulness, my faithfulness to her has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with my father. So I ain't having no backroom conversations, ain't no secret crushes, ain't no other feelings for no other women because of my father. I'm protecting what my destiny is more important than my wife. I know y'all can't deal with that. My destiny is more important than my kids. The reason why, because if I don't get into my destiny, they don't get into theirs. Come on. Satan got a plan for you not getting into your destiny. And it's, it don't just start with you. It's your seeds. He's trying to stop everything. He don't want you to give so that he can watch this. So that your kids can resent you for not leaving them nothing. And they can start all over and say, we did it without you. <laughs> we did it without you. And then when they do that, they become very disrespectful. Come on. And so you want to keep your reverence for the father, because according to Job, he says, indeed, if you do away with reverence, you hinder the meditations before God. That's bigger than prayer. That's what you think about. You lose your reverence for him. You don't care where you go. You don't care what you watch. You don't care what you listen to. It don't matter. You don't care about the conversations you have. Because you lost all reverence for him. So he ain't even on your mind. So even when you give, whatever you do in word or deed, do in his name. Do it because of his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is, I know this is elementary stuff, but it eludes us sometimes. So everything you do, do out of reverence. Don't do it out of fear. What's the next one? Give out of wisdom. Now, everything that I just told you is to promote spiritual intelligence. Church 101. Huh. Church 101. Why do we come to church? Church 101. First and foremost, to conform to the image of Christ. Secondly, to do what? Gain spiritual intelligence. If you don't know how to do it, you will continually do it wrong. And it don't work until you do it his way. His way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. The Bible says a fool is right in his own eyes. That's why Paul told them in Corinthians, he said, you fool. <laughs> Don't you know that if, the, that if you, whatever you sow needs to die, get your heart right. Get your mind right. Verse, James chapter one, verse five. It says, now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to you. We all need wisdom. Okay, that should be in your daily worship. That should be in your daily prayers. Father, give me your wisdom. If you do not have the wisdom of the Father, you will have the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is laced in satanic information. It's telling you to do something, but it's always telling you to skip a part or leave God out. That's how Satan got Eve. That's how he got Eve. The wisdom had already been distributed. Adam had already told her what not to touch. 
But then Satan came along and gave her some more information. Everything that we need to know is in this Bible. All right. Now, we're going to talk about this more in depth. I'm about to close. We're going to talk about this more in depth. All right. But when it comes to wisdom, the father wants to give us wisdom. And wisdom always starts with knowledge. So even in this first two years of ministry, I've been basically giving you guys knowledge. Now, the purpose of me giving you the knowledge is because you need information. The Bible says study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So anything I preach from here, I give you permission. Please go back and study. Please listen to the podcast at home and open your Bible and see if the man up here is speaking the correct thing. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's Dr. Hardy. I don't care if it's Pastor Kirby. It doesn't matter. You should study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. So it should never be a thing where, well, this is what the pastor said. No, the pastor just gave you information. That's why I teach the way I do. We're going to put the scriptures up there and we're going to walk through what the scripture says. So you can't leave here and say, apostle said it. No, apostle shows you where it is in the Bible so you can further study it. You can break it down in Greek. You can break it down in Hebrew. But once you have knowledge, you are to study. You are to study the knowledge that you have. Okay, now that you have the knowledge and you studied it, you take what you learn from studying it, which leads to understanding. Once you understand it, you practice it. You practice it. The more you practice it, you'll have ebbs and flows. All right. The more you practice it, you'll get revelation because you can't go from knowledge to revelation. And I hate when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they know, but they have no wisdom. I know, yeah, you do know, you got knowledge, but you have no understanding and you have no wisdom. Therefore, you have no manifestation. That's in anything. That's in anything. Marriage. That's in anything. Even healing. We will get better results in healing when we get the knowledge. Come on. All the scriptures. Come on. All the scriptures. And then we study them. (laughs) After we study them, we practice them. And then over time of practicing the thing, we'll develop a wisdom and we'll walk in it. Everything works this way. Everything works this way. Same thing with marriage. As a husband, I need to go into the scriptures. I'm helping you. And find everything that the Bible says about being a husband. About being a man. About being a son. I study that. Y'all with me? Come on. I study that. What I have studied, I begin to put into practice. The more I put it in practice, now I understand what it means to be a son. Now I understand what it means to be a man. (laughs) Now I walk in that until I become a wise man. Until I become a wise son. Now the reason I'm telling y'all this and teaching it like this and talking like this is because I am tired of people quoting scriptures. When the Bible says, no, the Bible, first of all, the Bible don't say nothing. You read it. (laughs) Okay? The Bible don't say nothing. You read it. And when you read it, you read it with your mind, wherever you are. If you're a Nepios, Pateon, Technon, if you're a Weos, you read it according to where you are. What you should have done was read the scripture and found somebody wiser than you. What you do is you read the scripture and you ask yourself, do I understand this? What is he talking about? Is this in context? 
Because we have a, a generation of, of children of God who read the Bible and act like they're on the same level as leadership. Okay, no. That's not how it works. I was talking to somebody yesterday. <laughs> and we were talking about the apostles and the prophet laying the foundation. And a person said, well, I don't believe in apostles and prophets. Why should, watch this, look, you know what I told him? I said, well, what God called you to do? Because you need to know. If he didn't call you to be an apostle, he ain't talking to you about apostle stuff. One thing I do good in this church is I stay out of the prophet's business. Come on, am I not good at that? I don't control because he, that's not my calling. I'm operating my office. I don't, I don't, I don't mess with the pastors. Only thing I tell y'all to do is go and learn your position so you can function in it. But when the father, because when he speaks as an overseer, it came nowhere in the world you think he's talking to us the same. There's no way. There's no way you could think the spirit is talking to the overseer the same way it's talking to you and you ain't overseeing nothing. There's no way. I'm, I'm just telling you, okay? I spent my time in the scripture studying, and now when he speaks to me, he speaks to me to lead people who you lead. That's how he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you according to your calling. I don't get all the prophetic stuff. I'll be mad at Q. I'll be mad at Dr. Hardy, even Javon. I don't like him, okay? I don't like no prophets. I, I don't like y'all, Kena. I don't like y'all because y'all see stuff that I don't see. whatever it's a godly jealousy all right i ain't envious I, I just don't like them they always come telling me how they seen an angel walking in the back of the room what but that's their call i build foundations you can't do what i do <laughs> you can't do what i do you cannot look in these scriptures and see what i see the spirit ain't with you like that it's not it's with you according to who he called you to be. What'd you say? Whatever. I ain't messing with you, Mama Mary. Definitely not messing with you. Now. Don't plant a seed. Okay, now the reason why we did the whole rules of giving is because I don't want you to plant a seed and then not harvest. Okay, I do not want you to plant a seed and then not harvest. So anything you do, period. Now we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth when we uh, talk about Kingdom Essentials. That's our next series. Okay, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But, I, but the thing about it is I can't teach everything at one time. That's why I need y'all to come on. Okay, I need y'all to come on. I can't teach everything. If y'all want the church to grow faster, get in your word so you can be used in your area. Because I can't teach everything. But if you want to grow beyond what you just hear over here, go into the word and find the system. No matter what it is, go into the word, find the system, ask for wisdom. And watch the Father do it. Instead of this thing where you sit back, don't do nothing, and then won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> I can't stand that. It's two things I can't stand. It's won't he do it, and I can't stand. I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I can't stand that. I can't stand it. Won't he do it? <laughs> no, he won't. Won't you be obedient? So he can do it? And it'd be the littlest thing. Somebody give him 40 bucks. Won't he do it? <laughs> that, okay. But like I said, all of this is for the promotion of spiritual intelligence. Okay? You have to have spiritual intelligence. I do not want you out here saying, or I don't want you doing anything, and you don't know, and you're just doing it to be doing it. 
We got to stop that. When they asked me about communion, when the Tanya asked me about communion, she said, can we take communion? I said, I don't care. I just don't want to be doing it just to be doing it. So if you come and ask me, can we do something, give me the explanation of why. I need to know why we're doing it. Now, starting next week, we'll be doing communion every Sunday. Because now, I understand why we need to do it. Stop, Tanya. So, as I close, first thing you need to do is release the seed. All right? The next thing you need to do is check your heart. The next thing thing after that is avoid hypocrisy. Stop doing things to impress people. Ain't nobody impressed by you. The next thing is watch your motives. Why do you want money? The next one, give out of reverence and not out of fear. Give because you revere your father. You respect the way he, he do things. And the last one is give out of wisdom. But period, don't do nothing unless you do it out of wisdom. The Bible says everything you do, in word or deed, do in the name. You should be knowing why you do that. Amen? So that concludes this series of Kingdom Economics. Now,